describes acts of extreme violence in graphic detail and may include discussions about demonology and the occult, topics that caused widespread panic during the 1980s. This content may not be suitable for children under the age of 50. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Grognod things, the Grognod Guild Online. Those who go on Discord, you'll see that uh, Brian is doing a uh, is doing games, and David's doing a play by Discord post. He took it over for one of our other patrons when he, he wasn't able to keep going forward. So a lot of cool things. Go out to our Discord; it's super fun. Uh, and let's see what else we got. Uh, so and again, this all happens thanks to our patrons. So thank you for everything we, you do. Um, we have a iTunes review, a real throwback. F- almost finished listening to every past episode. That is a, you are a brave man, I assume, sir. Uh, airborne guy. Yes, so I, I was correct. Thanks. How great this one is. What a wonderful throwback to original games. For me, this means when I was 10 years old, Grog Talk has me changing my 2E campaign to reflect Gary's ideals and joining the Grog Empire in 1E games. Very nice. Well, thank you so much. So, uh, if you if you are so inclined, please put an iTunes review so that people can see, find our show, which is always fun. Um, we're all we're later in the show. We're going to have Rob on to talk about flipping and turning issue two point five or two and a half. Um, so what that means is we're working on episode or issue three right now. If you want to contribute, I know Rob has been getting a lot of material, but we're always looking for more. Feel free to reach out to him at editor at grogcon.com, and he will help you with that. So, with all that shenanigans done in 10 minutes, we can start on Random Encounter. Let's do it. Now, we, we, we had a discussion about Random Encounter. We did. And if I recall correctly, our discussion was we are starting the new year with two new monsters. Is I, that correct? I feel like we should. It's a new year. And I'm sick of that diva. As for diva, she's such a diva. She is such a diva, and she's so 2020. Yeah. And she was never going to lose. So yes, all right, right, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So, what, are you you're, you? I'm rolling, or you're rolling? Well, how about I roll one and you roll one? Okay, that's see. This is why it's it's already better. It's great. Uh, <laughs> it writes itself. Okay, so I'm, I'll, I'll start rolling here. So I'm doing the dorso roll, and I have a four. It's been so long, but I believe that means what? <laughs> four means Monster Manual 2. Let's do it. I still don't know why we're using this thing at all, but okay, whatever. It was 1983. I know it's 1981, but maybe there was an advanced copy that we got. We're kind of like the Back to the Future. Oh, Happy New Year. January 1981, Happy New Year. 
Jeffy, 1981, what happened? What oh, was happening? Happy New Year to you. It's 1981. Oh, it, it was 1981. It we is. Didn't That's sure exactly right. Year. Okay. Others were wishing me a Happy New Year. I forgot. Yes. Yeah. People, people might think we may have been talking before. So, I mean, we had one or two conversations, but uh, it, it is what it is. So, yes, this is just this is just for the show. <laughs> we don't. We are the pen and teller of uh, first edition D and D podcasts. You know, we work together, but right. it's not we like we tolerate each other very well. Right. Barely. We barely tolerate each other. It's like ah, oh, Tim. Right. <laughs> we don't. Even, we don't even directly talk. That's right. Uh, okay. Tell him I'm calling. Tell him I need something. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, that's why that's why we brought Robin into this. So we have a third person. He mediates. <laughs> so the you tell James. I'm sick of the Okay, so uh, in in 1981, it's still the pointy sided one, I believe. Ooh, yes. ten. Oh wow, this is getting weird. That's oh, astral and ethereal for me. And then I'm rolling between astral and ethereal. It is a three. That is the astral plane. That's not the superhighway, correct? The superhighway. The astral plane is the superhighway. So, see, well, no, see 2020, 2021 has not fixed that yet. The <laughs> e- Some things don't change. The ethereal plane is the thing that surrounds right. the other planes. The astral plane is the superhighway to hell or her- stairway to heaven. Yes. I, I switched them around. Okay. So now I need a uh, – oh, that's right because usually you do – you actually do the rolling and I do the looking up. That's fine, but this is good. You, I trust you. This is it's the new year. It's, it's a jubilee. You're my distress for your dice rolling. I've put you in the dice rolling jubilee. I've, I've wiped all your debts. For this, from, from now, I think all your dice rolling is completely up and up. It's, an, oh, it's a clean slate. Thank you. All right. It's a jubilee. You're a welcome. Jubilee. And, and uh, it's a, a D8 and a D12 then to get the 2 to 20, right? That, that's, that's correct. After we do two D10s because we know that's a different bell curve. Okay. That's right. Eight. Oh, basilisk. We've have we had a basilisk? I don't think we've had a basilisk. Okay, but I'm going to look it up just in case. Ba- oh, how do you on. spell it? Basilisk. E A. Oh, we should have. In addition to that, we talked about having a D and D Jeopardy. We should have a D and D spelling bee. Yeah, well, I would fail horribly. Huh? I would have. I that would fail horribly. I know. That's why I suggested it. Okay, basilisk is B A S. I L I S K. Basilisk. Bas- basilisk. Let's well, see. I see basil. Bas- like St. Basil. Oh. Am I mispronouncing anything? Is it basilisk? No. Oh, I don't know. Basilisk. Uh, I, I, yeah, that's a good question. I'm, what, I'm, what I'm working on now is to see if we've actually, if of my advanced. Uh, no. Okay. Well, as far as I know, we have not done basilisk. So we're going with it. And there's an asterisk here, which I must read. These creatures do not travel on the astral and ether planes. But that's probably what I'm thinking. Yeah, the Gorgon is like this. But their, but their perceptions and magical attacks forms extend there. Their possible appearance applies only to interactions with the prime material plane. Otherwise, ignore the result and roll again. Okay. We're, well, we're on the prime material plane, right? The possible appearance applies only to interaction with the prime material plane. Wait, I don't understand that. So if I'm on the astral plane right. and my team is rolling a random encounter and he gets basilisk. Yes. What does it mean to say their possible appearance applies only to interaction with the prime material plane? You, 
you will not find a basilisk floating in the astral plane. That's what they're saying. Oh, well, only, right, right, right. You right. only so if wherever the astral plane connects to the prime material plane. So you're you're deciding and how you're rolling a random encounter as the party approaches or is leaving the the prime material plane. This basilisk encounter would be applicable, but if you're on the highway. You, you would not be running into a basilisk. I said, or so, basilisk. So, so these creatures like the basilisk and I think the gorgon is here too, Summer, isn't it? I don't know. And the gorgon, yeah, gorgon, anything because it's their vision, their petrification is what extends into the astral plane. That's what they're saying, not them physically. But doesn't it extend to the whole? So is there only parts there? The, they, they're on the prime material plane. There's only, so what you're suggesting is there's only parts of the astral plane right. where it can extend its perception? Yes. That's my understanding. That, that the astral plane there is, well, again, and I'm, I'm sure <laughs> if I read the Manual of the Planes, which is a book I've heard that's going to come in, in like five or six years. Yeah. We don't have it now. Oh, I, could, I guess I can go to deities and demigods because that is a legitimate a legitimate book. If you if you look on page one fifteen, it's it's story time with Dan and James. And I feel like we've done this like we've done this story yeah. like a million times. Yeah. So there's the uh, right. So there's there's the the astral. Well, right. people are saying basilisk. So again, really? for those for those who come with an orthodox tradition, there's Saint Basil. So that's why I'm stuck with basilisks. That's so. Please don't appropriate my culture. Uh, so, do you see here on page one one fifteen on the oh. de deities and demigods non Cthulhu version? I do. And you see how there's like a little line that goes into the prime material plane. So the in, the intent is that there are por there are gates that you could walk into, whereas the ethereal plane kind of is all around the prime material plane. Oh, so basically, like the the entrance way. I see what this. Thank you. I like this. This visual helps. So what you're saying is you've got to be basically like at the the toll booth, the beginning of the highway. Right. It lays down on top to start. So you launch from the prime material plane. And so, oh, so it's like on re-entry or exiting. Right. So, well, they flying. That's the most dangerous part, isn't it? The taking off and the landing. Exactly. Oh, I see. And because this is interesting. If you, so if you, it, could, it could be a, uh, it's, it's, that's right. St. Basil was known for his gaze that turned heretics to stone. That was, the, that was in the Apocryphal, if I remember correctly, but we don't, uh, the Greeks don't follow that. St. Basil, uh, Saint Basil the, the, the stonemaker, he, he would turn heretics to stone. That's what they're saying here. Oh, or is it St. Basil? <laughs> well, it depends if you're in England or the U.S. In the state right. here, we, we say basil, no, right? Well, basil's like the herb. Right. Well, they say basil for the herb. I say basil. Well, that's right. I guess. I don't know. I say basil. So, yes, grog talk. Talking about ba the uh, etymology. Is it ep ep what is it called? The word, uh, the origins of words? <laughs> wordology. Yeah, but, wordology. James, if you turn to 117, this gets interesting, if you, okay. as it always does. If you turn to page 117. Yes. And then there's an asterisk next to basilisk. 
And it says these creatures. Now, it's almost going to line up. Okay, hold on. So I want to compare this. It says these creatures. Oh, gosh, I've got a kid. These, these creatures' perceptions extend into the astral and ethereal planes as to their magical attacks forms. Okay, right. so the same, but they do not actually travel there, and that's fine. Their possible appearance applies only to situations in which the encountering party is near to the prime material plane. So that's an addition. It says – it doesn't say that. That's more helpful, right? So, so Mr. Ward was a little more helpful here for me because right. you're absolutely correct. You've got to be near. Okay, got it. That's very useful. So you could write a high-level adventure or maybe even a mid-level adventure yeah. – where a wizard or someone has put a basilisk near the near the plane, like a well, we did flesh to sto stone to flesh, right? Yes. So you get a wizard who puts a basilisk near the astral platen gate, and as these travelers who've come from the you know the outer planes, he zaps them and then takes their stuff. Hilarious, isn't that? There you go. There's your yeah. adventure. He's he's a magic user thief, so I guess he's got to be what is that a half elf probably? Yeah, unfortunately. Half elves are everything. Have you noticed that? Like every other than just about every other than some cool cleric thief, cleric assassin, which the only like, the half orc gets. Right. Half elves get everything. All those cool multi classes. Right. Well, they're half breeds, so they get the they they got the best of the both worlds. That's Did it. you know? Okay. No, I probably didn't know. I didn't know. Okay. You know I am a huge fan of the best of, right, from Roger right. Did you know that my son, Jordan, uh, middle son, the Hobgoblin, for Christmas, bought me one of the ep one, best of volume four, and I did not know that I did not have it, so, and I, so I have it now? It's, that's, that was awesome. Did he, know, did he know that you didn't have it? He did not know. That's okay. why it was awesome. So okay. I, I should show that. Go ahead. Are you aware of this? That's from Roger Moore, I assume. Yes, but it, it is, but it's the half-elven point of view, which was not reproduced in, in the Best of Dragon Volume 3. Oh, I see. There is a best of, for people who don't know that, there was, in the elven one, there was the half-elven point of view. That's all. Ah, interesting. I yeah, didn't I know that. I'm a little upset that there's not really a best of half-orc point of view. I know there's the, the, they talk about the orcs. They just talk about orcs, and they say, well, so half-orcs are like, Half that. Okay. So we've got a basilisk, so we better keep so this. Guy. I'm going to roll the next one, correct? You roll the next one while I talk about, shall we do that? Shall we divide and conquer? Well, no, because you have the charts, so we can't do that. <laughs> good point. All, All right, right. We're, using, uh, we're using the fiend folio, so this is good. Got it. You know what came out in 1981? Fiend folio. All right. Fiend what, folio? What, what, what time did it come out? You should know that. I do not know that. Okay. Well, I rolled a three. Now I'm rolling a d10, I think, first. Okay. You rolled a three. Hold on. Oh, yeah, because that's probably dungeon to be sure, right? Well, no. I, throw, I rolled a three for, to be the fiend filler. Now I have to roll a 10 to figure out what we're in. That is correct. Uh, I rolled a two. We are in a dungeon. All right. You have to roll level, I think, in the fiend. So this dungeon is, is, is in the touching the... There's a gate to the astral plane. This is the, yeah. the adventure's writing, writing itself. It is. So, yeah, and every time you go to that gate, there's like this bass. Yeah, well, that's the trap. Right. Bass was right at the gate, like you mentioned. Okay, you are rolling for mon you are rolling for monster level, so now you're doing a D. Five. Or the five. A five. That's serious business. Well, it's, not, it's about the same as the bass list, a little bit tougher, I think. No, but I wanted to win. Uh, percentile, please. Fifty-three. 
subterranean lizard. <laughs> I mean, I understand what that. It's the battle of the lizards. It's like uh, Godzilla versus uh, someone, some other creature. This has got to be in the Fiend Folio. You think so? I, don't, I would think so. It sounds. It sounds. No, it is not. Lava children are. Lizard King is. Yeah, Lizard King is awesome. Where's it? Can't be Monster Manual two. Right. Is it, so, oh, is it a classic? If it's a classic and you didn't know it, you're gonna have to go back to school. Well, yes, it is. It is page sixty one. I don't think I knew that there was an entry for lizards. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, there you go. So right. I will. I'll start with the so on page sixty one of the Monster Manual. There is the subterranean lizard. So I'm going to quiz you on this. Don't look at it. Oh, yeah, okay. Because he, yeah, so I'm terrible. I didn't even know there's an entry for lizard. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, armor class for the subterranean lizard. I think it would be decent because he's kind of scaly. I'm going to say a six. Uh, close. It's a five. That's okay. Hit dice. I say the subterranean lizard has uh, three, three plus one. Well... You have the right amount, but for the wrong lizard. The giant lizard is three plus one. Oh, I thought you said giant lizard. No, subterranean. We're doing oh. subterranean lizard. Oh, subterranean. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's well, it's, oh, it's level five. That, that's, that's five hit dice. Close. It's six hit dice. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> is it large? <laughs> yeah, it's, yes, it's large. Oh, no. It's, well, you're right. It's large. It's 20 foot long. So it's the, it's the second uh, least powerful uh, lizard. There's the. There are four types of lizards. Guess all four lizards. There you go. Now we'll start. The second least Worst. powerful. That's right. That's the giant right. is the giant is the wimpiest. The subterranean. Then there's two better ones. Okay. For first one would be Godzilla. Uh, true, but that's not a type they call in here. I actually saw one of them. There's, I know there's a fire lizard. That's right. Fire lizard is the most powerful. And then there's another one. Here. The ice toad. <laughs> <laughs> giant frog. Uh, it's the minotaur lizard. What's a, does he? What's a minute? A minute? Well, that's a different show. We didn't roll right. minotaur lizard. Yeah, so subterranean, a, a variety of giant lizard which is only found underground. The subterranean lizard is most aggressive and dreaded, for it is able to run along ceilings or walls as easy as floors because of its suction cup toes. Worse still, its horrible teeth inflict great wounds, and it can cause double damage on hits where the clamp. When it clamps both George firmly on its victim on a double on a twenty, perfect. This is why people love double damage because, like, well, a subterranean lizard gets twenty. Why can't we? Yeah, it has, I, it has teeth is what surprises me. Yeah, it has teeth. Okay. And as as most lizards, it typically drags its prey to its lair before devouring it. So, there you go. Okay. So that's that is the subterranean lizard. Very interesting. I want. Oh, he's, he's fourth because he's in alphabetical order. Okay, so that's... So now you have Basilisk. Okay. Which, so the ba- which is also in the Monster Manual. So you should be pr- happy. 2021 starting off well. You're starting with all Monster Manual monsters. This seems to be like the Battle of the Lizards. Mm-hmm. Because the Basilisk was very lizard-like. He's... Um, all right. Um, oh, you didn't ask me the frequency for the... Uh, what is the frequency? I would say the frequency is... Hmm... It's gonna. It's, uh, I'm debating obviously between uncommon and rare. I'm gonna go with uncommon. You are correct. Okay. What is the frequency for the basilisk? I'm gonna say rare. Uncommon. Wow. Yeah. That's how, crazy. How many appearing? I was like the number appearing because you know in in adventures, 
I think dungeon masters tend to put one of a lot of stuff unless it's orcs or kobolds. Right. Number appearing a basilisk. That to me the most frightening part. Two to, two to five. A very very close. One to four. That's pretty frightening though, isn't it? Yeah. You're four of them. That's a family. AC. Uh, I'm gonna say five as well. It's four. Oh. Hey, what was your movement? Uh, twelve. Twelve. Oh, I'm six. So you're you're huge and fast. Yeah. I am. How long do you think I am? Uh, ten feet long. Seven feet long. So oh, I'm, yeah, you're a little, you're a little guy. I'm like I'm like that turkey or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that turns people to stone. I'm pretty right. small. Hit dice. Oh. Five or six, something like that. Yeah, six plus one. Okay, so we're about to say it's the tail of the tape here. This is pretty good. Yeah, so let me read this. Obviously, the the key here is going to be that special attack of Gaze turns to stone. The basilisk is a reptilian monster, so it is, it's the battle of the reptiles. Although it it has eight legs. Yeah. Its slow metabolic process allows it only slow movement. Okay, so its metabolism is slow, so it's kind of it's hard to keep the weight, the pounds off. <laughs> That what is they're saying? Oh, I guess maybe it would eat a lot more people if it uh, uh, had a higher metabolism, but that's right. Maybe not. Well, it has strong, toothy jaws. So again, two lizards here, both with with jaws. Is a dragon a reptile? A dragon's considered a lizard. Yeah, it's considered a reptile. The basilisk's major weapon is its gaze, by means of which it is able to turn to stone any fleshy creature which meets its glance. Oh, gosh, you're going to have to get up that chart again, aren't you? That's what I'm working on right now. But it's also, you remember, it's in the Monster Manual 2 under something. Yeah, it is. You're right. I forgot. D, I think. I see a D in my head. However, if its gaze is reflected so that the basket sees its own eyes, it will itself be petrified. But this requires light at least equal to bright torchlight and a good, smooth reflector. Isn't that true of everybody? Are there any creatures where it says that reflecting its gaze will not turn it to stone? Well, that, that works for the Medusa, right? Uh, yes. I think with most of them, if they have a gaze, you can reflect it back to them. I'm That's sure there may be one that can't, but traditionally, if you, if you reflect it back to them, they get blasted. But it's interesting because it notes it here and following your maxim of interpretation. If it didn't say it, that would suggest that you couldn't do it. That's right. Okay. Basses are usually dull brown with yellowish underbellies. Their eyes are glowing pale green. The basilisk is able to see in both the astral and ethereal planes. In the former plane, is that us? We're in the astral. Where are we? <laughs> we're, we're in the prime material plane. I know. I'm sorry. Where are we looking into? Where's uh, well, we, if, if you're the basilisk, you would be looking into the astral plane. Well, it, it, uh, in, it can see into both of these. In the former Correct. plane, it's gaze kills. So if you're in the former plane... Wow, its gaze kills. Well, in the latter, it turns a victim to ethereal stone, which can only be seen by those who are in that plane and can see ethereal objects. So there you go. So if you're in the astral plane, you just die. If you, in the ethereal plane, you become stone. So yeah, I guess the lizard is not in the... No, we've said there... We're, I think the setup is the basilisk has been, has been tethered somewhere to look into the astral gate. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Or, uh, and, or at least part of it. Cause he does so that he can kill the people coming. And then the wizard goes in and grabs the bodies. Right. Right. So I'm hanging out there waiting. Right. There, and all of a sudden this lizard is going to appear like, Hey, right. what he, you, he, gets, he gets hungry. 
get away from me. I'm trying to, you know, waylay right. these. That's, what is, that, that's what's happening. What does it mean to be ethereal stone? The latter, it turns victims to ethereal stone, which can only be seen by those who are in that plane. Yeah. What does that wait? What does that mean? What what is ethereal stone? Well, it's stone that's on the ethereal plane. That's my guess. Because the ethereal plane is 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 quite different than the astral plane. Okay, so if I'm in oh, so if I'm oh, so if I'm in the oh, so if I'm in the ethereal plane, then and he looks at me. Why does it? Because it says he can go to the ethereal plane. He can look at the where's the ethereal plane? It's the one that surrounds the. Oh, inner planes. Oh, so it's always so the ethereal. So unlike the astral, which is just you've got to be at the entrance way at the toll booth. Sorta, of, yeah. The ethereal, the ethereal, is would be is everywhere. Yeah. I and I'm not sure this is the most accurate, but for my little head, uh, I look at it like you know when on the Lord of the Rings movie when Frodo puts the ring on and it, you have the, the the funky everything's reverse. Polaroid looking, right? It's right there. That's the ethereal plane. It's right, it's in the same parts. It's not a, it's permeate. It's like the shadow world. So in other words, I'm stuck. So when it says that, I'm I'm stone now. So if I'm like, you know, hanging out in the ethereal plane, and unfortunately, this basilisk. And you know what's interesting is if I'm in the ethereal plane, or I'm in that astral plane part that's touching the prime material, do I see the basilisk even as a strange sort of, or is it just like, hey, what's going on? Where, you know, the astral plane or the ethereal plane? Oh, you got to be kidding me. Okay, let's go with astral. I mean, I got to be able to see. I got to see its gaze. So so I'm in the – so I'm coming now, exiting right. the astral plane. I'm getting ready to, 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 to get off the astral plane, and you've got your basculus that's hanging out in the dungeon. I'm coming to Correct. the gate. Right. What, what do I see? Do I see – I see the basilisk? So my version of this, which may not be correct, is uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You know how they're flying through the telephone lines? And there's like a tube. That's the astral plane. It's a tube that drops you off. So as you get close to the gate or wherever the entrance is, the prime material, you see that little portal. Whereas the ethereal plane is like Lord of the Rings. When you put the ring on, you see everything negative, you know, uh, reversed. So, but when do do I see? So, I, okay, and it's like that at the bank, where you stick that thing in. So that's the ash right. thing. Yeah, that's right. It's right. a tube. Right. <laughs> shoots you to, and and all these. Te- well, my idea is that all these tendrils eventually get to the super highway that takes you to the outer planes, and then once you're close to the outer planes, there's exits that go off. Now, highway to hell, highway to the abyss, highway to whatever. So I guess so, yes. So as you're approaching the portal. To go back in the prime material plane or the entry exit, the bas- you'd be able to see you could potentially see the basilisk. Whereas in the ethereal plane, you see both. You can see there's a bo- right. there's this idea of a border ethereal. Before you go deep into the ethereal plane, you like step over and you can like see like in a translucent thing into the uh, prime material plane. I guess my I guess my 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 issue though is am i like coming to this opening i'm coming down this tube and i see yes. this basilisk i'm like oh crap or am i 
even before I see the opening, are the bass's eyes sort of peering through? Like, do these, these, what are they? Yes, yeah, yeah. Technically, well, it depends how far you see. You may not be able to see it. The, it, it. His gaze extends into the astral plane. So there may be an opportunity where your own vision is not far enough and you get blasted by it. But you, you have to meet its gaze. So at some point, right. you have to see it. Or at least its eyes. Right. I, I, wonder, I just see these pale green glowing. I'm like, oh, crap. Exactly. Yeah, that's basically... I'm like getting ready to get off the astral plane. I turn and I see these two little. So that's what's happening. These poor dudes that we're setting up at this gate. They are. So they're getting off at their exit. Like you right. said, you see these exits, right? All right. Exit 49 to this dungeon. I'm getting off. And right as I'm getting off, I see these. I turn and I see these green. Yes, that's right. It's like it went wild. I'm going down the slide, and right that's at the last. Exact, that's right. That's exactly right. Okay. There you go. There we uh, go, George. I think you got it. Our I knew you'd get it. There you go. That's well, right. I've got, I've got your version anyway. <laughs> well, and, and you've been pretty good at keeping my version. Who I, no one, no one is saying James is completely off, uh, off board. Off Who board. taught you that, James? <laughs> Where did you learn that? He's an idiot, James. This dude. I'm at a convention. Who taught yeah. you that? Well, okay. I'm gonna say that's right. That's the good news is there's no specific. If you stick to the Holy Trinity of books, and you don't use uh, other sources, p- tell me where in those three books does it have a different explanation? I think yeah, you brought up a great point. I and I, and I was thinking about this the other day, which is when you stop with, or at least let's say the four, right? Because we'll include right. the demigods. You stop with the four. It is liberating, isn't it? It allows you that freedom. I like that, that you can have the astral one way, I can have the astral another way. I like stopping at the four and not having so much cannon. But okay, it's time to fight it. Right. So I have the, I, and so we will be using the gaze attack rules because this was kind of a, a, you know, thing back in the day. There weren't rules until they codified it. Well, you know, because all, everyone, of course, every fighter, every person attacking the gaze creature would be like, Oh, I'm not looking at it. I'm totally get, averting my gaze. Well, what happens then? Blah, blah, blah. So they came out, and I, I think you're right. I'm, I feel like you're right. There's somewhere in the Monster Manual 2 is the gaze attack, which is something to have because there's a lot of things that do gaze. But they put it, they reprinted on the new uh, Monster Manual screen. That's what I'll be using. So Yeah, it's in, the, it's in track. Dracolisk. Dracolisk? Is it the Dracolisk? That makes it sense. Is. It is. Chances of meeting the gaze of a Dracolisk or any large creature. I don't like that it says or, or any large creature. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll you reduce it. Yeah, just keep reading. We've done this right, we've done this. <laughs> the show is just repeating itself, you know? Uh, chances of meeting the gaze. See, that's the deal. Roll for initiative just stopped when they had nothing more to say. We just keep repeating it. Uh, any large creature using a gaze weapon are as follows. Add one if yeah, see there it is. Add one if the creature is man sized, such as Medusa. So I am man sized. I'm seven oh well, I'm me, yeah, medium, seven foot. Yeah. So Medusa and two if the creature is small. So that's right, because we yeah, we've had this whole conversation about adding. So characters, yeah, so chance of meeting the gaze. Okay. So there you go. So that's on page so, fifty five right. of the Monster Manual two. Or on the new uh, new quote unquote um, dungeon master screen. Okay, so okay. we're ready for surprise. That's the first thing we got to do. Okay, we have normal surprise rolls. So I'm rolling a d6. 
And I'm going to state before we started that you are correct in your assessment that you can only be surprised by the number of the pips of the dice that you could be surprised by. Baird, are you happy? Yeah, well, you didn't have to say about you didn't have to say the chains, but it means a lot to and, me, and I appreciate it. I don't mean happy as in there, you're, you're, you're not right. You are absolutely right. I, I, I want to clarify the record before we start this thing, because I'm probably going to forget it when we, at some point. So you can, well, you can go back to this and say you're right. Well, polyhedron did it the way many other people right. do it. But okay, well, that's just a whole different discussion. You can only be, if, you, if you have a two and six chance of being surprised, you can only, the most you can be surprised is two, no matter what the other person rolls. I agree with you. So there we go. And then you're going to go, yeah, <laughs> 30 minutes later on the chat. I just, I'm just, I'll just keep Dan. <laughs> I'm humoring Dan. That's right. I'm just humoring Dan. All right. Well, don't, don't read the chat now. That's all yeah. I have to say. Well, you know, you know there, there's so many reasons why this whole thing was screwed up. Number one was they, in my opinion, screwed up one of the examples, as we know. Yes. And when they had a chance to correct they it in did. the errata, did not. Right. Two, polyhedron used an example where they did the difference based upon the roles, even though the other party was not surprised. Yeah. So I get it. I mean, I understand why other people take the other position, uh, you know, and it, it, I guess choose your sides. Right? That's right. So I roll a d6. Yes, I rolled a six. Oh, well, I rolled a two. So I am surprised completely. Oh, I am completely surprised for two segments. Now we have to wait. Oh, yeah, so now, I'm sorry, yeah, so now we use the completely surprised. That's I'm going with completely surprised, because I'm completely surprised, so. Oh, oh, because it's two, I see what you're saying. Sure, I don't, I'm sure they're. Well, you know what you should do then? You should do the first segment, so would we roll for each segment? We would, wouldn't we? Yes, yes. But you should, the second time, you should only be surprised. Right. Don't you think? Yes, well, now we have to see distance. So it's oh. 10 to 30 feet, because we're in the dungeon. Right. We are, we, we are 30 feet apart, so you're staring I come around the corner and you look at me. I go, not hey, You're on the ceiling. <laughs> That's you're right. walking I'm on off the ceiling. The, on the ceiling. <laughs> and I'm looking up at the gate. You're like, what's what's that like magic? Why why is that shimmery? You're intrigued. I am intrigued. This shimmering. You're like, what is that? So you I, walk over. I assume. I assume. So we're literally saying it's a ten and ten chance I, because it's completely su- surprised. Uh, based on the chart, completely surprises nine and ten. How how big is how big is the oh. creature? Man size or small? <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Oh, time out. I can see what you're saying, but isn't this designed for? Oh wait, why is this? Does this depend upon the size of the creature too? Was this? No. Do we think these additions are based upon whether you're like eye level to eye level and things like that? No, I think it's in relation of you could like a giant dinosaur you may not even see its head so that's why you're it's 40 feet tall you may not see its head so you're if you're normal size right. that's why you'll so be able to see it but i get your point oh i see i see you think it's based upon like head location just if you're big it's hard to see it's not just because it's high it's just it's hard to see it's right okay fair enough well well and that and you're trying to the idea is you're trying to attack the creature so if it's a giant dinosaur you could attack it in places without seeing its head whereas if it's a small rabbit with a gaze attack you got to attack it it's right there its eyes are right there. that's the that's my okay. version of well it. you know it does say add one that would be 10 and 10 wow right so i'm, I'm should, should moving along so yeah i'm gonna roll my saving throw so uh, page 75, oh, excuse me, page 79, the DMG, six hit dice, uh, petrification, correct? 
I need a 12. Yeah. I rolled a three. <laughs> it's like a Mike Tyson match. That was it. Don't call it. Was it was over company. literally one segment. That's poison's good. Petrification's pretty good too. I didn't... Oh, wait, you got to break your deity. Oh, yeah, before I die. Yeah, that's true. The lizard deity. The lizard king. 96. No, no lizard king. I didn't even get to use mine. I'm showing my original <laughs> Dragon 74. People are asking about the Dragon combat computer. You know, sure, you could just in later editions uh, uh, roll higher than the, the target opponent's armor class, which was ascending, and add your bonuses. That's easy. No, you need a combat computer which allows you to figure out how to, what role you need, where you assign things. So you're, it's so much cooler. So you're suggesting the guy who invented the combat computer, like a couple years later, someone was like, well, why don't you just do this thing called Thacko? And he's like, oh, crap. Well, Thacko is, is still half-baked. I mean, later they came up with, which makes perfect sense. Your armor class is what you need to hit. So, Doesn't your computer there have adjustments based upon the weapon and the armor class? Does, or, wait, that'd be hard to do. Does it have a... What kind of adjustments does it have? Does it have adjustments for the weapon I'm using versus armor class? Uh, where? In this thing? Yes, it yeah. does have the weapon adjustments. So I, you could... Go ahead. That's amazing. Yeah. So if you put... Well, here we go. Uh, what's your armor... What armor class you're trying to hit? I'm trying to hit armor class two. Armor class two. What weapon are you using? I'm using a club. A club. Well, okay, club. Minus five. <laughs> wow. For Arkansas Armor Class. Because <laughs> it's, it's just kind of bouncing off it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas a footman's flail is plus two. Uh, a dagger's minus three. Oh, we can just keep going on. So, yes, it has little. I imagine. I imagine. There. I imagine. To the groups. On Christmas, sitting there, like flipping through all the different ones. Hey, mom. What, are you, what, what armor are you wearing? What weapon do I have? And it has in the on the front insert of the weapon proficiencies, the strength and dex things, standard to hit adjustments, plus two from behind, plus four of stun, blah, 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 blah. There you go. So it's the combat computer. But wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> you sound like you're doing an infomercial for the combat computer. That's right. There's wait, there's more. It's uh <laughs> and it has all the it goes up to 17 hit dice fighter. So and 16 hit dice monster, so it's perfect. It's perfect for your D&D thing, and it looks super cool when you're spinning your wheel. It's great. All right, well, the Basilisk is the winner after surprising. I'm going to write that down. So you, now you can start naming him. Okay, I'd like to throw out Stoner. Stoner. Stone, stone Cold Stoner. Defeat nice the job. Subterranean Lizard. Okay, excellent. All right, we're on oh. to our next... We're on to our next segment, it's, which is a new segment, right? We've decided we're going to make spell selection periodic, correct? Yeah, it, we kept getting the same. We couldn't remember what spe- Ooh, we couldn't remember what spells we had done, and we kept getting magic user. We never got illusionist. So yeah, we're going to do. And I always wanted to do miscellaneous magic. And what's because- the name of this segment? Miscellaneous magic. What are you okay. talking? About? Okay, you were. I think you. I think during the pre-show you were. Wanting some other name for it, but we're going to go with miscellaneous magic, correct? See, you said that I wouldn't be able to help myself and bring it up. <laughs> the reality is, James, you were talking about you, weren't you? Yes, that's true. When I say you, you I, I mean me. So Okay, I'm going to say what I wanted the name to be, and we'll see if anyone on the chat. Well, they want Baz. Baz. That's a good one. Yeah. Baz the stoner? 
Baz the Stoner. Okay. I'm going to write these down. If you send it to, put it on Discord or go to, uh, who was uh, uh, Thomas, Spic oh, what was the guy from Fast Times? Uh, Sean, Sean Spicoli. That's what, Sean Penn, but what was his, what was his yeah. guy? It was, that's who it should be. That's the name. Oh, he orders Spicoli, the pizza. Right, he orders the pizza. That's right. So I wanted it to be called Ilbotten Goody. Ilbotten Goody? So the question is, does anyone know what, where that phrase comes from? Ilbotten Goody. No, I didn't. I still don't. I mean, it's a play on ill-gotten booty. Yeah. Ill-ill-ill-botten goody. No one? No, they, it takes a few seconds. They may have just heard it. So. so are we rolling on all the magic items or just the miscellaneous magic items? I think just miscellaneous. I mean, I don't want to talk about a sword plus one. Do you? No. No, I don't either. I think we did this segment once and we got like dagger plus one or something. No, it's, it's, this, it's called miscellaneous magic. What about rods, tabs, and wands? Oh... Yeah, you're right. We better. What about rings? It's like now all of them. Yeah, you're just gonna have to. We're just gonna have to use. We have to use chart three, and, and we'll we'll worry about swords and when we get to it. Okay, fine. Chart three. All right. So, you so want to roll? Uh, no, I'll, I'll, you roll. Okay. Roll percentages. Okay. Here we go. Seven. Oh, potion. Potions. I like that idea. Okay. Uh, now you want to roll? Sure. See how well we get along. That's right. This is this is this is a new year. Mm -hmm. so I have a new lease on life. The plague came, and I made my saving throw versus disease. I was pretty happy. Uh, yeah. Death magic sixty four. Uh, oil of etherealness. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, let's go there. About that. I better write this down because when we get it again, you'll be like, "What did we do?" But that's the charm of the show. Uh, it's it's something of the show. Oil of. Okay. We are on page 126 of the DMG. Right at the bottom. Right at the bottom. And this is about the ethereal plane. How about how, the dice don't lie? They don't. This potion is actually a light oil, which is applied externally to the dress and exposed flesh. So I got, oh, I got a, it's like a bomb. I got to rub it all over yeah, me. It's like baby oil. Oh, does it? I hope it doesn't smell. I'm sure it does smell. <laughs> it then confers etherealness mm -hmm. wow in the ethereal state the individual can pass through solid objects sideways upwards downwards or to different planes mm -hmm. wait i can go to like the abyss with this stuff no oh that's not a sorry you're shaking your head <laughs> it's another is it another lesson Okay, I'm, well, I'm just going to put up every time the picture, what the, the ethereal, and just keep that page open. One, 115. Yep. I'm going to 115. There they are, the outer planes. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Oh, the ethereal oh, wraps wait. around the inner planes. Inner planes. Yeah, but it's, oh, so it just says, but why does it say, it says that, oh, or two different planes. All right, whatever. Naturally, the individual cannot touch non-ethereal objects. So what you're saying is, wait, when it says, well, all right, I'll just keep going. The oil takes effect three rounds after application, and it lasts four plus one to four turns unless removed with a weak acidic solution prior to the expiration of its normal effective duration. It can be applied to objects as well as creatures. One potion 
is sufficient to anoint a normal human in such gear as he or she typically carries, two or three weapons, garments, armor, shield, and usual miscellaneous gear carriage. Ethereal individuals are invisible. Compare phase door spell and travel in the known planes of existence here and after. Okay. So let's talk about, so I rubbed this stuff on me. Obviously, the benefit of this is I'm passing through stuff, solid objects, right? Yes. Well, that's one, that's one advantage of it. Two, you can't get attacked. Three, you're invisible. You can't get attacked by things that are, are on the prime material plane unless yeah. they have a gaze attack like the basilisk could attack. Yeah. So. so basically I'm in the – yes, I'm in the ethereal plane. Okay, right. so this is a very cool oil. So I, I like this to be able to not be hit, but I can't attack unless I have a gaze attack. I can't attack myself, can I? You can't attack. You cannot attack creatures out off the plane that you're in. That's correct. Right. Okay. Now, okay. But, but if there was an like a ghost, ghost is in the ethereal plane, and then can do its magic jar and all those things we talked about. That's in the ethereal plane. So if you wanted to attack him on his on his native plane, you could go there and, and start whooping on him. Is that better? I can't, I'm trying to remember. We've had ghosts. I can't remember. Yeah, his ghost. armor class, if I recall, is way worse on the ethereal plane. Oh, so if I'm a ghost hunter. Oh, so Ghostbusters. Right. Yes, Ghostbusters. That's exactly have, right. They would have lots of oil of etherealness. <laughs> yeah, I bet that is one way to get there, right? Yep. Right. There's also in the book that shall not be named, Wraith Form. I guess Phase Door does something like that. I, you know, we didn't do spell selection, so we'll never know what Phase Door does. Uh, <laughs> So I'm looking up travel in you know, planes of existence. There'll be a special like the McRib. Like the ooh, that's right. People could start asking for it by name. Uh, it doesn't okay. say. I don't even know where this traveling. Who? Where is this traveling in the planes hereafter? It's in the here. It's in the hereafter. Go ahead. So what? Well, it says, it says okay. All right. It, it says it then confers etherealness. Yes. And I like how etherealness is in italics. Where else is? Where does? Is there a discussion of etherealness somewhere? Well, maybe it's in the glossary, which is what you taught me. Maybe. It says, in the ethereal state, the individual can pass through solid objects or to different planes. It doesn't say to the ethereal plane. It says to different planes. I think I can go to visit Asmodeus no. or my buddy. We'll, we'll go over that in a second. So in the glossary, ethereal, pertaining to or within the ethereal plane. Okay. Not the same as astral. Just Is that what it says? Yes. <laughs> Gary's talking to me. Not the same. So I, I, I apologize. I should have told you to re- look at page 113 in the... Deities and Demigods. This is the inner planes. This is like the inner solar system. See? I see. I see. I there's, see the- there's where we are. There's positive, negative. It's, I'm sh- and then there's the prime material, all the universes and galaxies. This is like the creation story. See all this fuzzy stuff around it? That's the ethereal plane. Okay. But so, so then that mean I can go anywhere I want? You can go anywhere you want in these planes. Yes, absolutely. Well, wait a second. Where is... Why, wait, why only the inner O? Because it's not, so, so how do I get to hell? The astral plane. The outer planes, yes. The, oh, I see, yeah, now it's how the inner, okay, so what you're saying is, I got it. You're, it doesn't actually say that, but it seems you're very right. 
because if I'm ethereal and it says or two different planes, it must mean planes that I could go to from the ethereal. So wait a second. Whoa, this is scary. I can go to the negative material plane? Yes, with oil? That's frightening. It is frightening. Like all, some people believe all evil stems from there, right? don't, don't they? Yes, you will be de- killed. And also, if you read on page 113, it says, this is a place of antimatter and negative force, the source of power for the undead, the energy area from which evil grows. No one is certain what type of creatures may exist in the negative or positive material planes. Any creature from the prime material would be completely drained of all life and energy. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, so you can't go there. Wait, wait, wait. Would probably. <laughs> yes. It says that's probably. True. Actually, in, in that thing, <laughs> it, you have a better, hell is better than heaven, or po- negative is better than positive, because positive, well, it says probably too, but it's a little more, uh, it says would probably be instantly consumed by a powerful energies there. So it's still probably. Okay, so the really where I want to go, the ele- I can go to the elemental planes, though. Isn't that the picture on the DMG? That's that's the city of brass in uh, the fire plane. Yes. So I can go to those planes with the oil of etherealness. Correct. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, so you could have an adventure where people are all taking oil. Well, you need a lot of it. You don't have a lot of time. It's a short trip in and out. Okay. So that's pretty cool. I like this oil of etherealness. So back to why I said this, because you, I want to make sure everyone knows I'm not just making this up, because people are saying sight. On page 114 of the Deities and Demigods. You're challenging you. <laughs> yes. Why you cannot... So, note that the ethereal plane does not extend to the outer plane, so it is not possible for creatures on those planes to go ethereal. So you cannot go directly from the ethereal plane to the outer planes. Right, I got to get that in my head. That's the point of the highway. The okay. highway is not just prime material to the other planes. The prime, the, the 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 highway is inner planes to outer planes. That is exactly right. Right. So the outer planes are like the sticks, or right. or stick sticks. I mean, like the river in hell. Yes. Or the other way is the ethereals, like your local streets and the astrals. When you want to take a long journey, you take the highway. That's the difference. Yeah. When you're going to grandma's, you take a road. You take the road down the thing. Oh yeah, so the ether. Yeah, so so. Okay, so the ether. Yeah, right. So 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 astral is a much bigger deal. It's like yeah, that's the road trip. That's right, and it's, it's like, typically it's supposed to be one way. Wait, what? I'm not coming back. Wait, well, that's the idea is where all the souls from the prime material go back, or vice versa. It's 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 more. It's it's meant for. Souls or spirits to be transferred between the prime material and the heavens and the hells, yes. Just because something is meant to be used one way doesn't mean some people improperly use it the other way. Yeah. So we, we know that um, – well, take, for example, Vaprak. Mm-hmm. We know Vaprak likes to occasionally come to the prime material plane. Right. He would have to take the astral plane to do that. You're absolutely right. So, so there's like this huge traffic heading out. And then there's just Vaprak zooming yeah. by, and people are like, oh, boy. Vaprak, various demons and devils who are going to pick up souls that they don't want to, you know, who their bargains with them have ended, those type of things. Yep. All right. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, so, Oil of Theorists is pretty cool. Yes. It's very cool. It would be very cool. Oh, but I can't grab stuff, can I? Correct. 
oh, but as a thief, I can use oil of etherealness to get inside something. Then, I mean, I know I got to get out. If I've got two of them, right. I can drink the oil of etherealness, get into a well, place. Don't drink it. Rub it. Oh, God, I just drank it. Yeah. What's happening to me, James? Well, I I'd, I'd look up the miscability potion. That's what I would do. Well, that's multiples, isn't it? That's different, isn't that? Well, I know, but you you, you basically poisoned yourself. I could guess I could do saving throw versus poison. versus death or something. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? Because, you know, the DM is going to be like, you said you drank it. You drank it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because it goes right through me. Exactly. So, so I'm going to rub it on me. And I'm going to pass through. Yep. Then let it go. Mm-hmm. Grab the stuff, the jewel. Take it, rub, not drink. <laughs> rub it all on me. Yes. And then get out of there. Correct. So the other part that's interesting, and then we need to move on, is that I am a fan of people want to the potion to stop whenever they want it to stop. Like, and again, I go back to unless the the potion or oil says a way for it to stop. You are, you're invisible until you do something to stop it. If it allows, there's like gaseous form. You can't just say I'm ungaseousing myself, unless there's a way. For, unless it says you can stop it beforehand. It's like the sword. You've talked about that with the sword and being right. lit. You feel you have to sheath it, right? That's right. It's unless it has a way to stop the the, the power from being stopped. You can't. So it's well, I inter- agree with that. Right. I mean, if, right. I mean, if you take a medicine, you can't be like, I want this medicine to stop. Exactly. Well, people have that with magic, too. It's like, oh, well, the the, the magic user died. Why isn't the spell disappeared? No, the spell has been cast. It's the, unless you dispel magic or it ends, it keeps going. So anyway, what I like about this one is that it says it lasts for three rounds and then one to four, four plus one to four turns unless removed with a weak acidic solution prior to the expiration of its normal effective duration. So what does that mean? So when you're in the ethereal plane, you had to bring a weak acidic solution like what, vinegar or something? Or uh, yeah, The thief is doing, yeah, so that's right. So this is awesome. Yeah, so the thief is bringing, bringing yeah, a weak acid, right? And he rubs it. He's awesome, isn't he? Or she, right? right. Rubs it on himself or herself in the ethereal plane. Because you're not doing it in the plane, you're in the ethereal plane now. Right. You have to rub it on yourself, and then you become not ethereal. And you hope you don't get attacked by something. Correct. Right? Or that, right. Okay. There you go. So that's interesting. I find that interesting. So a, a pro tip would be if you get a oil of etherealness, bring acidic, something acidic with you. Lightly and, acidic. And, and, and don't drink the oil of the Don't drink it. That's right. Don't drink it. <laughs> on the label. Yeah, don't Dude, drink. Do not drink. on there because it's a potion. It's going to be confusing, right? right? you got to have a warning label on there. Do not drink. Apply directions. Apply. Apply to out your body. Whatever they say on those warning labels. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> okay, that was fun. Not that it shouldn't have been. That's right. It went better than, than Dagger Plus One. That's right. That would have been easy. All right. Best of January 1981. We wanted to talk about it. It is January 1981. And so, James, I know this is going to shock you, but I was able to find a book on events in 1981. Hold on. Does everyone see that? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. For just about $6. That's a steal. I know you're shocked. When was it printed? 1979? Or Good question. 2020. Wow. It's- it's, it's stunningly, it's print on demand. 
<laughs> they're not keeping inventory of this. Okay. Um, I'm going to mention real quickly some of the things. You tell me if these mean anything to you. January 1, Greece joins the common market. Oh, thank goodness. Look how it's worked out for them. January 2nd, the serial killer, Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper, is mm. finally caught after six-year manhunt. Remember the Yorkshire Ripper? No. I like Yorkshire pudding. Do I like Yorkshire pudding? I've heard of it. Remember Joel the Ripper. The Yorkshire, isn't that a dog? Yorkshire Terrier? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the third, HRH Princess Alice, the last surviving grandchild of Queen Victoria, dies at age 97. That's pretty boring. Here, January 4th, 1981, the most expensive Broadway play to date, Frankenstein, hmm. opens and closes the same day. Wow. Due to poor reviews. I know. I remember that. No, I don't. Oh, I like this one. Uh, January 6th, the results of the U.S. Electoral College are announced. <laughs> Why are you laughing, James? Was, Ro- there, was there riots there? What happened? Carter. Yes, Carter. A Carter mob. <laughs> Carter whips his followers into a frenzy. He sends a telegraph. to. Yes. He, gets a, he, send, he has a conference call with folks. Yes. He and... sends a giant peanut in, <laughs> into the Capitol. The giant peanut sits in in the speaker's chair. That's right. Um, so that was yeah, that was ugly back then. I remember that. That was horrible. Yeah, a great uh, peanut butter everywhere smeared on the walls. They were smearing peanut yes. butter on the walls. It was terrible. Yeah. It was. Oh my gosh! I'm so glad that people was... taking Polaroids. You know, they were taking Polaroids yeah. of each other. Yes. Yeah, a, a Polaroid of it. Yeah, it comes out the little. <laughs> it comes out the little. Um, <laughs> Okay, let me see if there's anything. We thought, we thought it would never happen again, you know. I don't think it ever will. Um, on the 11th, the Iranian government accepts return of $11 billion of seized Iranian assets as ransom. So there's good news, James. The, the hostages are coming home. Yeah. And on the 12th, the TV series Dynasty, starring Joan Collins, begins its nine-year run on NBC. And on the 14th, Oh, wait. No, no. I'm getting past that. All right. So I better stop. I better stop. I'm getting into the future. Yeah. Don't get in the future. Talk next time about. Uh, and, and real quickly, I know this is fascinating. It has a lot to do with uh, AD&D. Let me tell you the lineup for tonight. Okay. January 9th, 1980 on TV. You tell me which one 80, you're watching. 81. Oh, I'm sorry. 81. 81. Well, there's, four cha- there's three channels, basically. So it should be pretty easy. See, I keep, I'm still saying 1980. It's so weird to get, get out to, of 1980. We, we don't right. want no more 1980. We're done with uh, that. I write on my check. I'm be writing on my checks. 1980. Okay, on CBS at 8 p.m. The Mash? Incredible Hulk. Oh, Incredible Hulk, Lou Ferrigno. Which one you're going to watch? On ABC, 8 o'clock. Benson. Remember Benson? Oh yeah. And on NBC is Sanford. I guess the sun is gone. It's it's just Sanford. What what are you going to watch? Uh, the Incredible Hulk. If I'm. Are you? I'm yeah. watch. Yeah, I'm watch. I I would probably watch Benson. Uh, in all honesty, Benson so, was good. Uh, Robert Guillet, right? Yes, that's right. yeah. It was it was a, it was it was a spinoff of what show? Oh, it was the Governor, wasn't he? The Governor? Yes. yes. Well, yes. But what was the show? Uh, I think I've got it right. I could be wrong. Wasn't it a spinoff of Soap? It could be. You're right. Yeah, Soap. That's exactly what it was. The comedy was Soap. It? And then at 9 p.m. is the Dukes of Hazard. Oh yeah, I'd be watching the Dukes of Hazard. A, a, see, ABC is a TV movie topper, and NBC, you ready for this? NBC is a show called Mama 
the Detective. I've got to read this to you. Have you ever heard of Mama the Detective? No. I've got to read this to you. The story of Mama Sykes, a housekeeper with an uncanny knack for, <laughs> for solving crimes. i got to read the next slide. But it's hard because I'm dividing the tears. In this pilot episode. <laughs> oh. oh, we need this on. Mama, Mama attempts to solve the mysterious murder of a man in a hotel room despite the objections of her son, a New York police sergeant who boxed at her intervening in his cases. <laughs> we'll see how long. I'll report back in the next show yeah. how long this lasts. We should watch. So are you watching The Dukes of Hazard or are you watching Mama the Detective? I'm watching Dukes of Hazard. I think, I think that's the problem. And just to note, at 10 is going to be Dallas, which is, of course, going to kill it. So that's right. that's the TV shows. Right. I mean, look, there is only one of those shows where there's a piece of clothing named after it still that people know. The, yes. Daisy, the Daisy Dukes. Daisy Dukes. That, that's, that, that's right. So there's a lot on that show. We probably Catherine, wouldn't. Catherine Bach, uh, right? That's her name. It wasn't it? I think you're right. Yes, I don't Catherine think. Bach. Yeah, and they had the posters, right? You'd buy posters then, right, and put them up. Well, I was young. I was too young to buy posters at that time. But I I could appreciate a fine pair of jeans even at that young age. So absolutely. And uh, but yeah, but you know, I don't think you're having that car. You mean on Tom? You know, like Tom was was it Schreider and and Tom Womack, right? What was his name? Wopat. Wopat. Yeah. Um, you're not having that car with the rubble flying. Bach. That's right. That's right. That's right. I knew it was a Bach. Well. do you know, can you name, and then we'll just do one last one. Can you name the number one song, January, this week in January, 1981, the number uh, one award? Some Eddie Money song. Nope, it is John Lennon, John. Starting Over. Starting Over, oh, well, because he, did he die in 1980, right? So, or did he die in 81? Did When did he get killed? Was it, I don't think, I think he's going to die. De- no, he's dead. He's dead in, by now. I feel like he's dead, but I'm going to check that. What are you talking about? It's January 1980. What? When did he die? Uh-huh. What are you talking about? No one is not going to die. He's dead already. He died last month. Oh, my God. That's terrible. <laughs> I need to turn on the news. I was watching Mama the Detective. Sorry. Okay. And a couple quick notes, and then we'll he move died on. December 8th, 1980. Okay. That's why I'm not, I'm not saying this. It's an okay song, but I'm sure it was propelled even more by the fact that it was sort of posthumous. So yeah, the, like, right. Like your artwork goes up, right. So that's wait when we're gone. That's what we should do, right? So right. we should we'll do that. Grog right. talk. We'll grog talk. T- we'll pull down all our grog talks and our modules for a month, and then put them back for pay only. And I just like to mention real quick because you know we're talking about conventions. Just real quick, a couple of conventions that are coming up. If that's mm-hmm. okay. Sure. Sure. So uh, don't forget to go to USA Con which will be January 16th through the 18th. That is held at the University Center of the University of South Alabama in Mobile, Alabama. Science Mm. fiction, fantasy, and board games are planned. Pre-registration is $5. You can contact Leo Vollen at 5856 Liz Lloyd Drive in Mobile for more information. And also on the 16th through the 18th uh, is Orcon. It's game convention and exposition to be held in the convention facility of the Sheraton Anaheim Hotel in Anaheim. For more information, contact Oricon Care of Tim Curran at 3342-Quail Run Road, Los Alamitos, California. You can also call them. I encourage you to do this at either 213-424-3180 or 213-596-3040. If you go to Oricon or USACon, 
tell them you heard about it on Grog Talk. Right, which didn't exist. But yes, absolutely. All right. Well, very good. That was a fun little thing. And so we're going to do that every time or something like that? I would like to. Uh, well, you know, it all depends upon, you know, reaction. Well, uh, well, now we're going to bring Rob on because we've got a couple of things. We're going to do Have You Ever as soon as he comes on with him. I, okay. I, I, hear his, okay. here, I hear his tones. Let me get him set up in the, uh, the, the, the thing. See, he's joining. Well, and if you're doing, while you do that, because we're going to do uh, Have You Ever Played, uh, right? Right. I'm gonna, I figured we'd have him do that with us as well. Hello, Rob. How are you? I'm going to, you need to be put on the screen. And let me announce, while you're doing that, I'll announce our sponsor for Have You Ever, if that's okay. All right. Yes. Well, Rob, you are on, you're on with us. Hey, hello. Welcome, sir. How are you today? I'm doing great. Um, I remember as an, I was uh, sitting in my car, having just left the um, Enterprise 1701 game shop on Mills and Orange in Orlando in 1981 when I heard on the radio that John Lennon was killed. Oh. What did you, so, what did you, what did you buy? Probably uh, comic books and anything out of the bargain bin. <laughs> <laughs> Your allowance wasn't that high. <laughs> I was, I well, yeah, I was a struggling college student, so there's only so much that could be uh, gotten. What's amazing is we may have been in that store at the same time at some yeah. point. Yeah, you you would have been one of those uh, those kids that I would have uh, tried to avoid as you as you elbow each other by the miniatures case. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and you went, and you know, Gen Con South is 1981 is coming up in Jacksonville. You went to that, didn't you? I did indeed. I, some of my um, college buddies and I drove up. Uh, can you see that? Well, I can see that. I remember going to that. I wish I, um, I wish I could find some evidence of it on the internet be besides what you're now pointing at. I don't. I don't think they're using this drawing. And in, in, in 2020, it appears to be a, 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 a rebel soldier. Well, as I recall, they probably had uh, uh, Civil War miniature battles there. I remember playing in well, a... Um, I'm sorry, a, Rob. I, I don't mean to cut off. He said something very inappropriate. It's not a rebel soldier. It's a war of northern aggression to freedom fighter. Please get well, that right. Let, let's just call it a Confederate and... Uh, and and, and assume that that's what it that that uh, oh, okay. covers all all bases. Okay, uh, I wasn't sure, but sorry, Rob. Go ahead. I apologize. I I, I played in the I played in the uh, the TSR uh, D and D tournament uh, in eighty one, and and it was fun. I enjoyed it. It's, it's one of those situations where you suddenly realize that there's there were for me it was very eye opening to see all those gamers all in one place certainly the most gamers i'd ever seen in one place uh and i met the next year i uh brought clothes pins for my nose <laughs> very very wise all right so are we on to have you ever yes oh, okay i got i got mine okay and just to let you know this installment of of have you ever is brought to you by the toy castle in Haney Plaza on Dundee Drunk Trunk Road in Maple Ridge, 
British Columbia FRP games, books, and accessories. They now have video game rentals. Uh, $2 a day for cartridges on weekdays, $3 for each Ooh. cartridge Saturday till Monday at noon, $3 for IntelliVoice, $4 for IntelliVoice on weekends, uh, and they have IntelliVision, ColecoVision, and Atari. So again, uh, Toy Castle, 467-9641. Tell them you heard about them on Grog Talk. Yeah, okay, good stuff. If, I, if I recall correctly, um, we were we had just finished... Uh, we'd killed the gelatinous cube. We saw some bones, right? And we saw a uh, a long creature, a roper. Does that sound familiar, gentlemen? Yeah, roper sounds. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think we found sure. a roper. Okay. So this, of course, is have you ever played a wizard in the heart of a hobgoblin lair by Cameron Munn and Kelly Velomir? Okay. Through the doorway you go and on with your venture. You realize you should be a little bit more careful now. Up ahead, you see a hobgoblin carrying a damp-looking sack, and he just turned into the alcove. In alcove, quickly you sneak up towards the alcove. Where inside, you see the hobgoblin cursing at a door, fumbling with some keys. It doesn't detect you sneaking up behind him, and you successfully get your dagger to his throat before he has a chance to do anything. Where is my gem? Tell me, or I'll slit your throat here and now. You demand. The frightened hobgoblin seems to know exactly what you want and tells you where the gem can be located. You decide to end his existence anyway. Well, we are. Out of evil. Out of evil. Well, you know where your gem is, but curiosity gets the better of you. What is behind this door? A question you will soon answer. I guess the hobgoblin's been offed. You pick up the keys the hobgoblin had and easily open the door. This seems to be a mistake. Why are we doing this? We've got we know where the gem is, but okay. We're chaotic. That's true. Revealed to you is a 20 by 20 foot room, apparently empty. However, as you enter, you hear a squeaking noise coming from the opposite corners of the room. And from out of two post-revealed holes, file out some giant rats. Seven of these rotten rodents leave their slimy abode to meet death, not their expected dinner, as you decide to. So we've gotten this far. We're getting giant rats. Okay. You okay. say it was a 20 by 20 room? It is. Yes, it is, sir. He's okay. taking notes. Oh, he's serious. See, he, he learned from that tournament at Gen Con South in 81. <laughs> Everyone taking notes. He's like, <laughs> some lessons, uh, you know, you don't, you, you don't forget. He was killed. You were you were killed by giant rats in the first. No, 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 by a fireball in a twenty by twenty room. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. Hey, don't be giving clues to the other players. It's oh, a sorry. Okay, number one, step back near door and cast a fireball into the room. Wow. Okay. Two, use ring of invisibility. It does say step back. Use ring of invisibility. That seems a little bit like literally overkill. Use ring of invisibility, then run back to door, shut it, then run. Three, attack, then attack them immediately with dagger. Four, polymorph self into cat form, and then attack. That's awesome. That's what I'm going to do. This is hilarious. Five, cast burning hands on them. Six, cast sleep spell on them. Seven, cast protection from evil, then attack with dagger. Oh, we know what they, they we know about their alignment. If, if fans of flipping and turning will know their alignment. 
Yep. Uh, eight, cast magic missiles on the first four, then attack others with dagger. Nine, cast ice storm on them. Ten, cast slow spell on them, then run and close the door behind you. All right, there they are. So one is fireball, two, ring of invisibility. Three, three is attack dagger, four, polymorph, five, burning hand, six, sleep, seven, protection for evil, eight, magic missile, nine, ice storm, ten, slow, correct? You are correct. All right, I was just posting it to our thing. So for those who are playing at home, so Rob, you are a guest, even though uh, what, what, will, what shall you, you do? Well, um, a, a lot of those look good, but I've used all my uh, spells. I'm dropping a fireball on them. <laughs> all right, fireball. So Rob is going with number one. You know, I really want to go with number four, but I'm not because I've lived and I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to die. I'm going to go with the uh, the ring of invisibility. I don't even know why I opened this door. I'm going with two. How many rats are there? Oh, it's a good question. You hear some giant rats. <laughs> oh, seven. Sorry, seven of seven. these rotten rodents. The rotten rodents. Seven leave their slimy boat to meet death. The rotten rodents were opening for the pseudo undead, aren't they? Yes, the Riding Rodents. They're, they're a punk band out of it's either Boise or Portland. I forgot. Somewhere out there. Uh, they're, yeah. they're, they're pretty Boise, Boise or Portland? Yeah. <laughs> they're one of those places. They're a west, you know, west, uh, northwest kind of vibe. They're actually, they're actually a bunch of upper middle class kids from a Portland suburb, but yeah. Yeah, they like punk. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, Dan, which one are you using? I am using number two, Ring of Invisibility. Uh, who does number two work for? That's good. Uh, Dan? Well, let's see. I'm dead, so I want to tor- – and I'm, I'm evil, so I'm going to go with slow and torture them. So that's what I'm using. So they can – I'm going to cast slow on them and then attack. Okay. Has everybody – uh, Yeah, so David's five. Aggie is one. Shannon is five. Didn't we do this already? Uh, I don't remember, so pick one. I don't think we did. We didn't do giant rats, did we? Uh, Lloyd's going to use his ring. I don't we think did so. giant centipedes. Well, we well, did giant me, centipede. Well, let me put it this way. If we did do it and you die again, shame on you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I did the cat again? Okay. So, James, if you want to read off the number and what it is, then I can tell you the result. Uh, yeah, so number one, cast fireball. Okay. And we have Rob did that one, right? Anyone else? And, and Aggie. Rob right. and Aggie. Rob and Aggie. So kills them, but take one hit point of damage from the intense heat as it bounces back. So ah, it's well worth it. Well so worth it. Because right? he's got a big beard, if you'd seen him, right? So it's going to singe yes. his beard a little. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'll Not bad. It. You've wasted your fireball now, folks. That's all right. That's chaos. All right. That was classic. Okay. Two, two is what you did? Yes, the ring of visibility. Yeah. Kelly says, literally says, quote, great choice. Oh. No, <laughs> Great choice. Okay. So three that, is attack with dagger. You kill them, but take four hit points of damage in melee. Okay. You know, I got to tell you, I think this should always be the combat system. Instead of spending 25 minutes rolling to kill rats back and forth, it should just be, yeah, you should tell you the result. Okay. What was four? Polymorph into a cat. Did anyone do that? No. But you did that, Dan. I no, he, he, he chickened out. I did. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm glad I did. I do kill them, but I would have taken six hit points of damage. 
Wow. Yeah, I'm just down. as a cat. And I only have six hit points. I would have died as the cat. Okay. Uh, what is five? Five is burning hands. Great choice. No damage. Yeah, great choice. David picked burning hands, which I thought was a good one. Six it is asleep. a good one, but I used it already. Does burning hands last a long time? Like, is he touching all of them? Well, it's a fan. It's a fan, 123 oh. feet in front of you. Just. Oh, so I don't have to touch anybody. No, that's right. It's like the Mandalorian, where you just shoot this oh. thing out. Yeah, because grappling giant rats would seem no. ill-advised. Okay. No, you know what? That, that's touching hands. We don't. That's a different. That's a different. That's a different spell. I grapple right touch. Yeah. Okay. Six was anyone? What was that? Six was sleep, which I think would be good as well. Uh, great choice. No damage. Seven yep. protection from evil. That is, you kill them but take three hit points of damage. So you took more hit points with protection female than you did with the dagger. Okay. A giant, well, what's the alignment of a giant rat? Uh, neutral parenthetical evil. Right. Sure, so, but it's but it's not a. It, are you trying to tell me that a giant? Okay. Well, you know, you can digress. I can digress. You're trying to tell me that you think a parenthetical evil rat is a it can be excluded by a protection from evil spell, which is specifically discussed. No, 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 about I, excluding. That's not my point. But, I, uh, I think summoned an extra planar creatures. No, no, I don't think it does. I think <laughs> you get the bonus for for attacking it. So the attack with dagger, you only took one point, correct? Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Hang on a second here. What was dagger? What, what number? Number three. Right, it's uh, a bonus to armor class. If you take three, Kelly right. is suggesting. I don't think so. The question is, does the parenthesis get you the bonus? Right. And so we know that you can't exclude. Right. But, right. but the, the but question does get the bonus. Absolutely gets the bonus. It's a parenthetical bonus. No, it's par- no, it's not a parenthetical. You get the bonus. So why did I take more damage with protection from evil than just without just attacking with dagger? I guess is my question. Well, maybe, that's you took, maybe, you, maybe you took the time to cast the spell, right. and those rats were like, rah, 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 rah. Yeah, maybe. But then it should, I should have failed. Maybe this, then he should have wrote, while you were casting the spell, they hit you, and your spell was failed, and, and now you take more damage. I'm fine. I would have been fine with that. Well, Kelly's the one who didn't let me talk to the porcupine, and don't they? Oh, that's, that's don't true. They, uh, burrow? I, if only we had an expert on, on speaking with burrowing on the show. I don't believe I don't believe porcupines were in the list of of uh, burrowing mammals. I apologize to Kelly then. Okay, so I think you do not. So we were we were having a split. Where it's time to vote. There's three of there's us. No, time to vote. No vote. It's, no vote. it's five. The bonus on parenthetical. I vote nay. Yes, it's, it's, it's a yes. It's with that clearly. Speaking of the house, you break the tie. Right, what What's the question? Do you get the AC bonus and saving throw bonus for parenthetical evil? I think I think if I'm not mistaken, don't you get it just by casting the spell versus whatever that attacks you? No, it's, it has to be evil creatures. So. Uh, I I I think it's neutral. Rats are neutral. They do evil things, but they are neutral. The emotion Parenthet- does not pass. The bonus the is not given. Okay, well, you could you could make up whatever rules you want. I'll just I'll, that's fine. But okay. <laughs> I'm going to say you're a jerk and throw dice at you. We know I would like you, right? They, we would get the dice thrown at us. Because right. We're the DM at the convention, not given the bonus. It's, well, 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 when this comes up, when this comes up at the convention, we'll need to determine ahead of time all these these yeah. decisions. Yeah, and I know your view on the ethereal plane, and it sucks. Is wrong, right. jerk. Well, that's that's fine. <laughs> at least I have one. At least I know what it is. I don't have to be explained 14 times what it is. 
Well, now, now you're not even talking. You're, you're, you're muted. Oh, Dan, you, you've gone uh, mute. You've gone so angry, we can't even hear you. He's speechless. <laughs> oh, this show's gotten much better. And yeah, I now? changed my... Ah, oh, darn it. <laughs> you know who did it? The yeah. ratings... For, there was there was a five-second spike in ratings, and then... Yeah. <laughs> All right, we better hurt. That cat's parenthetical evil. He's a friend of mine, so that's good. It is parenthetical evil. He's attacking. See, he literally is attacking the mute button. He's not a fan of the show. <laughs> He's like, wow, this is terrible. Well, then he would mute the sound. <laughs> he muted your mic. Just saying. I'm terrible. I, I didn't say that. I'm, that's right. the cat's opinion, not mine. What number? You're great. Well, we did. We did not. We're on, we're on eight. Magic missile. Uh. Yeah, uh, you take uh, you kill them, but you take three hit points of damage. Okay, and then That's nine. T- <laughs> uh, what's nine? Uh, ice storm. Great choice. No damage. Yeah. Oh boy, you blew ice storm, but okay. Right. And then slow is the one I did. That's but I'm dead, so it doesn't matter. This last one. Yeah, ten. Great, great choice. Thank you. I no like slow. And I tortured them because they're slowly slow. Oh, nobody. Nope. No chaotic evil wizard on his deathbed ever said, "I wish I hadn't cast Ice Storm." That's right. True. They say that, right. What they say is, "I wish I'd cast Ice Storm." I wish I'd cast Ice Storm. I should have. Yeah. What, they, was, I, what was I saving it for? I love it. I would know. He's gone again. He's gone again. Your cat's. Yes, yeah. the cat. Hey, you. <laughs> Here. Stay up here. Put him on the payroll. <laughs> I saw you're looking for. I saw you're looking for help for flipping and turning. I read the. Ad. I'd like to respond to the ad. Oh yes. <laughs> it, it sounded pretty accurate. You're more honest than Gary was or Tim Cask. All right. So we are going to. We we brought Rob on because we were supposed to do this last month, but last month was the plague month in in my house. But we are back, so we're going to discuss. The great, the latest, greatest opus work, Flipping and Turning, issue two and a half, which I will now present to everyone. So uh, I have to move this way if I'm going to be seen. Oh, now we have a cat cam. Oh, there it is. Oh, never mind. Sorry, I'm going to have to hide that because people want to see the cat frolicking. There we go. This is the show now. So for those who are watching the podcast... For listening to the podcast, there is a cat in a dice tray playing with a 10-sided dice. I told you, kittens increase ratings. Yes. So this will be, in fact, I'll be pulling this off, and this will be the entire show. (laughs) I'm telling you, if you do this video just as a separate video on YouTube, it will will be our number one video. It will be. Absolutely. So this... uh, if you're wondering why the show is four hours long, now there's an excuse. We're going to just watch the cat play with what, the dice. What did he roll? Hey, what did he roll? Actually, it's zero, zero. That's a good roll. Oh, divine intervention. <laughs> oh, I like it. And literally? 100. Another zero. All right. The deity, the, the deity might show up. The cat lord. All right. We're talking about flipping and turning. Really? Are we? Are we really talking? better start well 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 guys thank you very much for having me on the show to talk about flipping and turning number two and a half after my last appearance i wasn't sure i would ever be invited back i'll just cover myself 
No one cares. I should cover Dan, uh, Dan's, uh, Rob as well, but I'll cover myself so everyone can see the new cover flipping turning, which is awesome. Just, just saying. So thank you for that. Love the cover. Who? Uh, what can you tell us about the cover? Well, the cover is uh, produced by a uh, by a uh, an artist that uh, goes by the name of Storm Cook, and uh, I purchased a bunch of them off of Drive Through RPG. Nice. Uh, and I figured that since it was winter, having a um, barbarian smacking a frost giant would be an appropriate cover. It's very, very good. Yep. So, and 44 pages, which is, what, almost a 33% increase? Or yes, what? yes. It's, I, uh, I was amazed at, uh, at uh, how much wonderful stuff was, uh, was submitted. And unlike Dragon Magazine, the vast majority of this is actually information. <laughs> not, not, not ads and right so you 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 get your money's worth here particularly because it's free well it is free if you want a print copy however which they are still available please uh drop me a note on the discord server yeah we'll discuss we'll discuss um uh, uh what's necessary for you to get one of these in your hot little hands which we yes. sell at cost yes right, sell absolutely cost. there's no right profit there. is made so I, I, I think you guys can see my screen now, hopefully. Yes. Yes. So uh, we're now at the uh, the contributors, the cover art. And so, you know, we've got about half an hour. So, Rob, why don't you walk us through what you want to talk about? So our first thing is where the Wizard in the Marketplace kind of gives an overview of the art, uh, thing. So why don't you give us your overview? Well, I just wanted to talk about, you know, this I, Wizard in the Marketplace talks about uh, things that are going on in the issue. Uh, also, I wanted to make a reference to the fact that, uh, and it, at, the, at the time, of course, this was several weeks in the past, but of the, the passing of Len Lakofka. Yeah. And, um, and also, the, uh, we were kind of amazed and uh, uh, shocked and uh, delighted to receive from Len Lakofka a submission specifically for flipping and turning. Yeah, that's super cool. And uh, and so we were and through the um, uh, what is it through the uh, help of a uh, one of the members of our uh, of the Grog Empire, and um, and then to get the news literally. The day, like the next day, that Len had passed away, yep. made us uh, really um, urged us to try to be sure that uh, he was honored in the magazine appropriately with his stuff. So um, we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, and also on this page, of course, is our help wanted ad, and it's um, uh, the illustration at the top. If you look at it, it's pretty amazing, and it's by uh, a Grog uh, Empress uh, Claiborne Hubbard. Yep, she did a great job. Claiborne, with that. excuse me, Claiborne. Yep. That's right, Claiborne. Yep, exactly. And and, uh, and so moving on to the, and I don't really have much. I mean, this is the thing. It's just, this. It is here is revealed that uh, the uh, the head of personnel is in fact Elrond Baroon Warlock. 
So this <laughs> apparently he survives the uh, hobgoblin lair enough. Yeah, to, spoil, uh, spoiler alert! Right. Spoiler exactly. alert! He survives and is a uh, head of personnel for uh, Smoldering Dung Games. So, <laughs> are we? Are are you relocating? Is your lease over on Lair Seventy Two, or uh, are we? St- are you staying there? I'm sorry. Oh, is is the lease ending on? On the, wa- oh, the, uh, the yeah. uh, this level seventy two behind the Waddles Gentlemen's Club. Yeah, uh, I think we actually have it through the end of twenty twenty one. So, okay, uh, we have an option. We have an option to renew for another five year period. Oh, nice. that's wonderful! I'm glad to hear it. So the next thing is the first article, uh, besides obviously the column by by Rob explaining the, the magazine, which again he does an amazing job is uh, some pablum about parenthetical evil. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, which already we've determined probably is not canon, probably has no basis in fact based on what we just talked about. But, uh, Dan, what do you want to talk about this article? What do you want to say about it? Well, so this is uh, my uh, contribution. And as you know, I like to talk about monsters that are uh, have evil tendencies. And this one is about the Wolverine. And it's 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 a real page turner. Two pages, in fact. <laughs> it's a page. Now, and they were great in that movie, Patrick Swayze and uh, Charlie Sheen. That was that was great. That yeah. was uh, that was but, better than the than the remake, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't see the remake. I, I can't see it. That's that's something you you know when they're you can't re, you can't be, beat that. See, and there, there it is. Yeah, and I don't want to way too much about it because I, I want to make sure people read it. Right. Okay. So they, okay. Um, we did announce, uh, you did see on YouTube, the greatest thing that happened this year uh, is going to be the pseudo and dead sailing the sea of corpses. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Um, th- then uh, it's very kind that uh, Rob puts our articles first so that it's all uphill. Basically, I'm guessing it's based on uh, entertainment value. So, I, I, I'm just going to claim that mine is slightly more entertaining than Dan's. You could flip that around. I'm okay. I think they're equally horrible. It's, it's all based on space, guys. <laughs> That's very politically done. See the difference? He is truly an editor. He's like, oh, my, these, my publishers, my, my patron are, are, are ruthless. I got to appease them. Excellent job. So uh, my contribution is about... <clears throat> Um, fighters. I'll just say it that way. And it was fun to write. So thanks uh, again for Rob giving me the opportunity to do that. Well, it's a great it's a great article about uh, about uh, as is always the case with the rules AF about how a uh, the footnote seems to undo what was said in the um, uh, original uh, you know little bit. There's even a thing. You know, now I, I've learned something since this that uh, we'll need to talk about offline with regards to number of attacks. Anyway. Okay. So there's a clarification or some. There some might be, yeah, an extension. Yeah. Oh, an extension. Well. In a future, yeah. in a future issue. So now we have Saul's Throb and Tingle Magic Emporium. Mm-hmm. And we have some things submitted by Dave and Vic. Is that correct? That's correct. Dave and Vic work very hard to bring the, only the finest magic items to uh, Saul's place. I really liked the Ring of the Rat. 
I know it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good. Uh, it, I, I thought you might like it. I, it um, it seems like the perfect kind of uh, ed, thing for. Uh, it's definitely a Dan uh, yeah. Romansky sort of sort of thing. Yes, I'm going to have to make use of that in in an adventure somewhere. But so the other ones, the Braces of Missile Deflection, Quill of the Playwright, they're all very good. They're all great. Well, and I like it, too, because it's very old-school style. Because it does it, it has a consequence, but it doesn't tell you how to adjudicate it, which I do like. It <laughs> says, you know, the life, ins- uh, they are so coveted, this is the Ring of the Rat, that owning one is like putting a curse or target under your back. Life expectancy turns into that of a rat, in other words. So... Now you have to figure out the life expectancy of a rat. You have to figure out rolling a dice for it. All that's good stuff. It's great. I love it. I think, I think they only live like a year to 18, 18 months to a year. So, well, so now you have research. That's what's great. That's what makes like, it great. That's my life. Like that's, it doesn't undo it. I mean, that's, that's my lifespan. That's what it says. It's like a curse. Or did I, you, did, I, 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 I believe Vic was making a reference to the fact that because everyone wants them, someone will try to kill you very soon. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. The, I the, got it. I, I like it turns into that of a rat. In other words, I got it. So everyone's like hunting you down. Right. Oh, well, cool. literally, it says life expects returns into a rat, in other words. Yeah, well, that is, that, is, that is true. There, that is technically and exactly what is said there. All right. So I love it. Um, now we have terrible monsters, which again, uh, so we have a lot of them. This. I was very impl- impressed by the, having a bunch of uh, good submissions uh, this year. Ter- this, they're terrible this submissions. Year. Well, they were all terrible, right? But but they were all good. Okay. So yeah. any any of them that really struck your fancy? Well, I like the vamp. Well. The monsters are all the, the all the monsters are good. I want to point out in this case uh, the artwork, which is one by uh, it was one of the the vampire vines by Aggie Pryor. Oh, okay, thank you. The Beast of the Arena is by Adrian Sanchez. Oh, well, look at that! These are great. These are so great. And uh, of course, the Beast of the Arena was submitted by the guy on the left here, uh, Mister Dan Gormansky. You ripped you ripped it from me. <laughs> yes. Um, the next page is Guardian of the Temple, which is uh, another Adrian issue. I liked Guardian of the Temple quite a bit. Uh, and the last one is by um, the elder guy, uh, David Thompson, Chamberlain. Uh, and the illustration is from uh, a book of clip art. So not quite as uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah tongue sticking out it's not very but and all all ratings terrible is and what i'd fair like to say yeah well well they're all terrible i right, mean no exactly. oh my gosh it'd be terrible to run into them and i'd like to remind our listeners and viewers of what rob does he comments on all of the submissions uh akin to how it used to be done uh in white dwarf Fifteen factory that's right so that's a very thing. And Nexus asked the gibbering or gibbering mouth. <laughs> now I screwed you up. Is it giblets or giblets? Yes. <laughs> I screwed you up. I feel like you were okay till I screwed you up. I was fine. I, I was I fine with a lot of to, things. I think that the gibbering mouther needs to rule on how to pronounce the gibbering mouther. 
<laughs> well, for us, for Australians, he certainly should rule on that. But we're not Australian, so I, I, I so, reserve the right of pronunciation. Everything, other things, D and D, I have no problems uh, letting the Chamberlain of Australia uh, adjudicate. The pronunciation when it comes to Americans, because clearly our American is way better than all the other English derivatives. It's, there's American, and then there's all these other derivatives. I, oh, I my gosh. The most controversial statement ever made in, uh, on Garage true, true, True American. There's, there, we've perfected it. We, we are the Sony of the English language. The, That's the a really interesting that, – that the statement right there is – Interesting, right there. The British is the Phillips of this. They may have created it, but we have perfected it. So that's anyway. I digress. I apologize. Well, <clears throat> the, the the gibbering mouther uh, comments and rules uh, completely, finally, and bindingly on four uh, uh, questions uh, that brought forth by the uh, you know raised by the uh, uh, the Grog Empire. So is this Rob? Is is this Consider uh, Grog Talk canon? Oh, without a doubt. Mm. I mean, it says so right there in the subheading. All rulings are final and binding on all games within the Grog Empire. That's right. I agree with that. I mean, <laughs> I mean if we can finally get rid of Polyhedron as a disputed authority and replace it with something that we can actually depend upon. <laughs> This is more authority than the polyhedron, a bunch of people we don't even know. This. Who are those guys? The powers vested in us by us. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of that stuff is clearly people are citing Gary said. Gary, They're using his thing, you know, kind of like the book, the book of Gary. I don't, I don't believe it. I mean, so Gary yeah. wrote, Gary wrote the book that shall not be named. I'm just saying. Right. No one's perfect. It is true, but this is, I mean, very well done by the Chamberlain, and so love that. All right, by, so moving along, David. we have a uh, article by Menyon, uh, his um, his uh, discussions of uh, his experiences of getting back into the game and his thoughts on the uh, on playing. Always very welcome and interesting. So, uh, Rob, just two things. First, that reminded me that. Um, if you want more of David Thompson, he has a YouTube channel where he goes into length about all the old books, various titles, way more concise, clear. If you like the idea of Grog Talk that we actually help you with the game, but realize we don't and you want that, go to David's channel. So David Thompson is the person you want to talk to. He, he I thought he was doing a podcast, right? And he's also written a number of online books that go over this as well, which are excellent as well. And the reason I bring this up is because <clears throat> Menon, a.k.a. Rob, has a wonderful podcast, uh, Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy. So there's our shameless plugs because they deserve plugging. Absolutely, absolutely. So his reflections are very... Uh, is, is it erudite? Erudite, right? That's a good word. Erudite and thoughtful. That erudite. I wanted to throw that it's word in. It's sagacious. Oh, this is excellent. Excellent, sir. Get out the chart. Let's roll and see what his what his thoughts are. That's right. I don't know what it means, but I know the word. I I, I know the word. I tipped the hat <laughs> to you. I thought I pulled out uh, erudite. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I, but I see your erudite and raised sagacious. Yeah. Well done, sir. Well done. I, Thank you. 
All right, moving on. And, uh, here's some pablum. Here's some, yeah, something like some by uh, Yellow Cap and Bigly Nut Brown have again presented uh, more of the gnome realms. In this case, it's the uh, gnome surveyor. Did we lose a lawsuit on diversity? Is there some kind of equal opportunity <laughs> claim that we've, are we under some consent decree that we have to have something with gnomes all the time? It, we are under an affirmative action consent decree that's been entered, uh, yes, uh, to increase the coverage of gnomes. That's right. So, Isn't it now case, disproportionate now? I, I, are we keeping track of the number of pages dedicated to gnomes versus others? If, 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 if there is a counter claim made, we will address that in court. No, I don't want to make a counterclaim because then there's a presumption of bias and then, you know, a, a culture of discrimination. I just want to affirm that if these uh, measures that we're making to comply with the consent decree are not in of itself causing discriminatory actions to other races, I just want to make sure it's consistent with the discrimination originally uh, claimed. What James is doing, you said, he, so Rob, you suggested he could pursue this legally, correct? That was my suggestion, yes. He rejected that, and instead he seems to be riling up anti-gnome fervor to sort of descend. Without any, without any evidence. Without any evidence to descend an angry mob <clears throat> on the Grog Empire. Palace, probably. Is that what's going on here? I don't know. I'm just... I don't want to... I don't... I'm, I'm not going to impugn James's uh, intentions here. I think that I'm not entirely sure James is 100% um, cognizant of the consequences of anything he says or does. <laughs> I, I want fair and equity between all the races. I have, I have a race-free world that I see where we're all the same and we're judged by our character. And in that case, gnomes would be hunted down and murdered because they're annoying. Oh, did I? Sorry, never mind. I'm sorry. I said it. So the, so the gnome surveyor is a uh, helpful NPC uh, uh, class that's, uh, con that is basically, as he goes up levels, he becomes even more of a gnome than he was before and is very good at mapping, mapping dungeons. More gnomey. Sounds great. Yep. So he's even like less that. useful. Got it. Perfect. It's great. Here's another great uh, illustration by Aggie. It is. And she just mentioned uh, the jokes on me because she, she tried to make him look like me. And I said, yes, he's hideous. It's perfect. So good job. <laughs> a little bit more like me now. Yeah. Now you've got the goatee going on. I, I need to, at some point, I, I don't know if that's I can next, pull off the that's next issue. I, I can pull off the homeless uh, look. Like you did, Dan. All right. So uh, the uh, Chamberlain has uh, random encounters are wild. So what's this one about? Well, it's an interesting discussion that uh, kind of grew out of a conversation that um, the Chamberlain and I were having about how random encounter tables in D and D are um, different than the than the dungeon uh, encounter tables because the dungeon encounter tables you are, are designed to, you use them to, based on the level of the dungeon and the level of the PCs, so there's a certain amount of balance there. Meanwhile, random encounters, especially as listed in the DMG, will drop a huge ancient red dragon on a bunch of first levels that go across the hexes. 
go doing a hex crawl, as Vic has shown to great effect. Uh, this is a we got a drawing here. Uh, oh, one of my favorites in the book by uh, um, Adrian. Yes, of Hugo meeting an untimely death. Is that manacle with? Or well, you'll point. have to you have to scroll down to see the other uh, side. No porcupine. It's actually, a two-page oh, spread. Beautiful, love it. It's the giant porcupine. I should have guessed. I should. Yeah, I, I I I meant to say. We should have guessed it. I apologize. So yeah, can you can you put your screen in to display it in a two page mode? Oh, uh, um, and the answer to that could be no. No, it's probably mm-hmm. best not, because also okay. for the podcasters, they need to just. And by the way, how do you get uh, this? Because as you know, we release it initially first to those who helped us create it. Then we. Uh, we give it to our patrons as an early gift, and then it's available to everyone as a gift uh, through how do they get that? Oh, so drive through RPG, uh, which is, which is the, I guess, the premier website for this sort of stuff. And uh, you do a search for Smoldering Dung Games, um, the aroma will be immediately in your face and all the episodes will be all the issues will be there ready for download for free all right excellent so we need to keep moving on uh vaprak the yeah. destroyer let all right vaprak awesome. the destroyer this is our len lakofka centerfold this is so amazing uh, so he uh len had some thoughts about vaprak the destroyer uh and there's also a uh, element here at the bottom uh, which is a little uh, sidebar by uh, our buddy Puppet Dad, who uh, is our uh, he is a, me- a member of the Gray Council, who is um, uh, going through Lens uh, stuff and um, trying to organize it and present it to the world. And he was it's with, through his help that we were able to be honored to have this. And uh, and on the so he gave he had a discussion of Vaprak the Destroyer and then also a, a new kind of a thing which was the Ogre Tribal Leader, which is uh, a tremendous uh, a really good boss uh, for ogres. And just to mention, forty years ago this month, Len Lakofka presents the Archer NPC class. Yes, that's right. I love the Orc Tribal Leader. Great job on that. Um, then this is also super fun. Uh, Nick did a nice job on the uh, Tale of Two Princesses, B3 versus B3. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, the two versions of the, a lot of curiosity about this uh, much-discussed uh, incident in the early days of D&D. Yeah, I love the Oh, there you the drawing. There is the Enlarged. I can't wait to see it. Wait, wait, What? No, 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 no! I had the pixelated. It was just too, too shocking. It's just like eighties. It's just like those, the bad internet back in the late, early nineties. You can't. It's all pixelated. You can't see anything legitimate. It's terrible. All right. So uh, next is three questions. I mean, there's just so much stuff here. It's awesome. You know. Yeah, we had a. It was a good. uh, It was a good issue. Um, There's also. This is what you might call. Uh, so we have three questions here with Carlos and Vic, where we just they got to discuss um, their in, 
having to do with run, running games and conventions and also some of the things, the projects that they're currently working on. Uh, and on their spells from the future by Josh, yes. who uh, another dear friend a, of the show, recurring feature. I like the heat drain. That's kind of fun. It's a powerful yeah. spell. Well, it is level eight, right? And you can just—I mean, there's the, those are fun spells. I would want that on a scroll. I don't know if I would keep that, you know, because again, there's some super powerful eighth level spells, but that'd be fun to have as a uh, a scroll spell. So that's wonderful. Ye old gruel hut, where you can uh, cook up a uh, a, a healthy uh, in a healthy dish in the real world, and that's by uh, Mickey Large. That's right, the uh, Captain General's uh, spouse, uh, if I remember, and um, and and it's featured in the uh, adventure, the Demon Eye Cult by Brian Large, and also with cartography by Adrian Sanchez. So we have. An adventure, how-tos, reviews, uh, interviews. I mean, it's it's truly amazing. You've outdone yourself, Rob. I'm just saying. No, thank I, I you. I'm going to well, skip through, like I say, skip it's through all, the adventure. It all has to do with my contributors. I'm going to skip. Present company accepted. Yeah, well, that's true. Then we have, uh, moving on, a touch of class, which is always fun, too. The touch of class is a new, uh, hopefully a, a, a recurring um Column where we'll discuss each of the, the uh, classes in some uh, some detail. And this one is the cleric, and there's also a uh, so uh, the chamberlain does a tremendous job of any and and I'm telling you that section that you have right here, casting and learning spells needs to be read. It is a uh, it's it, it's eye opening, ground breaking, and revolutionary. All right. Well, that's good. Well, you know, it's interesting because someone mentioned to, to Dan that we do things by the book here. And, and I do think we do a lot of things by the book. Uh, so, uh, Lloyd, where do you send submissions? You, there's two ways. You can go onto our Discord, uh, which is in the show notes, and go to the uh, Grogzine channel or just direct message Rob. Or you can go to editor at grogcon.com. And either way, gets, that gets to Rob, correct? Correct. Uh, Right, so he does a great job with this, but you know, this—I'm sure it's uh, a lot of fun. So there you go, all about clerics. You know, I guess what I'm, I'm getting a theme, Dan, is that uh, we did cover all these, and for we did a touch of class or you know a class, uh, but apparently that wasn't good enough. So people have had to write on top of what we did. They're, clean, they're well, cleaning up our mess. Well, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, um, errata that needs to be written. Um, apocrypha and uh, and apologetics is what these are. <laughs> Herman, is there any hermeneutics? That's what I'm curious. Oh, that's true. Well, that's just that's just that goes without saying. <laughs> I don't know what hermeneutics is, but I know it's part of that that thing. So I would like exactly. some hermeneutics with my uh, <laughs> with I'll, my apocryphal I'll, writings. Let me, let me make a note of that. You, you rub it on you though, James. Don't drink it. <laughs> Yeah, don't drink uh, it. That's she rubs right. the hermeneutics. She rubs the hermeneutics on her. It's the silence of the lambs now. <laughs> Let me tell other players. Wait, you're going to drink that potion? <laughs> no, no, you rub it. James, scroll down one more page, please. All right. Ah, and this is this is the the uh, here's a game called a gnome called fear, and it, it's all in one page right there. So a, single, a game you can just play exactly. 
Yep. It's a game you can play for hours at a time. Yeah, and it is this it's absolutely terrifying. So yep. and uh, I love the artwork, so that was good. I don't know who did that, but it's good. So then we have some ads from our sponsors, which they we don't charge them because they're great friends. Obviously, Castle Entertainment, who we were in their game last week, super fun, and Keep Bloodbred Falls, which we've been uh, we purchased through a Kickstarter, and we're still giving them away, and then all the titles. So once again, sir, well done, well done. Oh, just well done. Uh, and an illust- illustration on the back cover is by Harvey. Harvey, Harvey, that's right. Thank you. Oh, hermeneutics regarding interpretation for literary text. Thank you, thank you. That's what I. That's excellent. I, I, I had no idea what I was saying, but I knew it was appropriate. So, once again, Henry, Henry, Henry hermeneutics. Gosh, why don't I get Henry, Henry, no, Hubbard, Henry, Hubbard. who is not hermeneuticing. I don't even know if that's a word. No. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I appreciate you uh, having me on for the magazine, and we will. Um, Touch base down the road. Very good, sir. Okay. I really, we really appreciate um, we really appreciate all the things you do, and uh, we'll we're actually you and I are going to talk tomorrow, hopefully, about a new feature that we're hoping to do. Indeed, reach out to me and tell me um, where we can meet like two spies on a park bench um, for our secret That's meeting right, for the drop off. So uh, it will it will right. I'll, I'll text you tonight when when the show's over because at this point we're we're, we're good. five hours. So thank you again, Rob. We'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, all right. This is big, a pushy, a big production. All rights reserved.